Welcome to Date Night's Beam Master Guide. In this episode, Kira, Dern, and the gnome wizard, Tim, encounter some traps. So far, the puzzle scenario that they encountered beneath the cathedral in the abandoned city was one of my favorites to record as a GM. I had never done any puzzle rooms, and basically any traps that I ever used in GURPS were as simple as like a spring-loaded crossbow sitting next to a door. But these were a little bit different. The room with the timer that you had to let run out in order to make it through the room, uh, from what I understand, is a widely used GM ploy and not my original idea. The fun part, though, is figuring out how to fit it into the context of other rooms that have different solutions. I don't know how much of it came through on the recording, but in the room during the play session, it was fun to really feel the urgency of the players and see how nervous they were about their made-up characters maybe getting hurt in these trap rooms. If you're wondering what the correct solutions to each room were, I'll do my best, but this is from memory and a couple weeks after we recorded. Uh, the first trap door, the one outside, had a wire that could have been detected with an investigation check of 10, and cut with thieves' tools, again, with a DC check of 10. But as we got down into the cathedral, and we encountered the door with three buttons, the players needed to push the elf button to open the door without taking any damage. The other two buttons led to the other two effects, which the players were hit with, which I believe was a crossbow bolt and some Greek fire. The reason I had in my mind of the elf being the one to push wasn't maybe really anything that the players were going to be able to figure out in-game, but I figured the place was set up by dwarves to defend against orcs. Dwarves knew how much orcs hated elves, and figured they would be least likely to push the image of the elf. But, even without trying to figure that out, the players had a one-in-three shot of not taking any damage. That is, of course, not accounting for my nephew Sam pushing all three buttons at the same time. Uh, the next room required that the heroes pull the lever on the door they entered from. Uh, if they had done that, none of the traps would have sprung, but obviously without springing the traps and finding the script underneath the dwarf that said to pull the other lever, it would be pretty hard to figure out. The next room was the one where uh, the heroes were required to actually let the timer run out. After flipping the timer the second time, I started having the timer trigger the same kinds of traps that using the levers or buttons would trigger. Um, I think that was something unique to the room that I hadn't seen in any of the other uh, GM's use of that particular trap. The last room was just entirely unlocked. All it required was that they walked through and pull the handle, not push the button. Uh, in that room, if they had flipped the timer, it would trigger a trap, like at the end of the previous room. And in that room, if they allowed the timer to run out, it awoke an animated armor and actually also a flying sword that they didn't get to see because they left the room before that happened. The animated armor returned to its statue form once the far door was closed again, and that was the reason we didn't have to fight it on our way back out. Uh, in this episode, we didn't only deal with the traps, we also met uh, an NPC who became an important part of our plot, and you'll see more of him in the next episodes if you haven't listened to those already. Uh, that character, uh, Akagi, is actually one that Mike created a long time ago, 
He's a pseudo-samurai orc who was raised by a warlock, and he had access to fell powers. Uh, in our episodes, he's not really a true representation of that character that Mike created, but Mike still got a kick out of his appearance. Sator uh, was actually an old orc shaman that I had used for a previous online role-playing game that we had played as well, and he was a friend of Akagi in the story that Mike wrote, so... He, he never used to wear a vesty vestment or had a, a feather boa, but it seemed like it made sense to revive this old orc shaman since I was reviving Akagi as well. Anyway, that's this week's edition of Game Master's Guide. Thanks again for being a premium subscriber. Subscribers like you help our show cover hosting costs and other show expenses. I'll see you again on the next Game Master's Guide. <laughs>